0: bated breath. After 12 matches, 12 episodes, 12 games that fell short of greatness and were cast into the void of perdition, we have finally arrived at the semifinals of The King of Games 1992. The last four games left standing are all heavyweights, masters of their craft, top of their respective genres, superlative examples of the medium. And to kick it off, we have an RPG giant going up against a game that may or may not be an RPG, depending upon how many clicks you need to bait. It is Dragon Quest V, Hand of the Heavenly Bride for the Super Famicom, and The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo. My name is Ozzy Garcia, formerly of the Region Free Gamers Podcast, and I will be your host for today. And for this episode, we have not three, but rather five renowned panelists, considering we're in the semifinals. To kick it off, we have my dear former co-host Arnaldo Perez, (laughs) also from the Region Free Gamers Podcast. Arnie, good to have you back.
1: Hey, nice to be back, man. Looking forward to it.
0: All right. Reunited and it feels (laughs) so good. Uh, And we are also joined by Ashton Ruby, the editing wizard behind the Retro Hangover podcast. Ashton, this is two in a row that I recorded with you. What's up, buddy?
2: Mm, I should be so lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Pazzy, do you script those things ahead of time or are you just off the top of your dome? Uh,
0: i script and uh and i kind of wing it after i script okay. <laughs> it
2: right. i was gonna be real impressed if it was yeah, impromptu. yeah. you should have just could, lied either way.
0: who could prove you yeah, wrong? I, I could have i could have <laughs> but i'm a terrible liar even though i'm a lawyer <laughs> let's segue for the first time ever i am hosting an episode in which your dear co-host chris Copeline of the retro hangovers podcast is a panelist so chris please Be kind to me. I wasn't even supposed to be here today, so you're going to get what you get. (laughs) That reminds me of Jay and Silent Bob, that that portion of Clerks where it's like, I wasn't supposed to be here today. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And uh, last, but certainly not least, we are graced by the presence of the man that dreams in full RGB and sees the world in (laughs) integer scales. It is none other than Try from My Life in Gaming.
3: Try, what's up? Hey, doing good. Glad to be here. I'm uh, I was on the previous episode uh, or a previous episode that involved Dragon Quest 10 and I am excited uh, not 10, 5. <laughs> I've been playing Dragon Quest 10. <laughs> Dragon Quest 5. 10 is the one that was an MMO, was it? It, it or it is. It uh, is it's an MMO. yeah, it's still in service. Yeah. Uh and yeah. it's the only entry in the series that hasn't been released outside Japan in some form. Yeah, and it came out for the Wii, no? Originally, yeah, but I've been playing the PS4 version on uh, PS5, and it's uh, it's quite nice. I don't understand a lot of Japanese, but I've been playing the story with a friend who who does uh, translate Japanese for a living. It's great. I, I love it. What's so cool about it is it's really just a regular Dragon Quest game. <laughs> I was shocked how little, like, MMO trappings are in it. It's just, <laughs> of course, I mean, that's what, that's the appeal of dragon quest is the, yep. the consistency of it yeah. right so i shouldn't be surprised but i was surprised that it really is just the dragon quest game it's very much in the vein of like three or nine where you know you make your own character and build your party and stuff and it, it's great it's barely an mmo
2: it's it's awesome mm-hmm. let's forget this podcast i just want to hear about Dragon Quest 10 now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, here's hoping that Square needs some money and they bring it out in the West. I'm, I'm hoping they eventually see the light, but considering that Dragon Quest kind of goes up and down in popularity in the West, I mean, that's kind of a 50-50 <laughs> chance, but we'll see. But Channelmen, welcome to the show. We have a grave duty that has been bestowed upon us and that uh, we are kicking off the semifinals and yeah, it's going to be Zelda, Link to the Past, and Dragon Quest V, Hand of the Heavenly Bride. So... So, a reminder, we're going to match up these games and we're going to consider them based on four criteria. Uh, the first one is the one that gives us the warm and fuzzies, and that is what we call personal attachment. And the second criteria is the one loved by all capitalists everywhere, uh, namely critical and commercial reception. Uh, the third is a criteria that any good historian would appreciate, and that is legacy. And uh, lastly, the criteria that may or may not matter the most, which of these games we would rather play in this day and age. And once we have decided upon that criteria, we put them in a blender, we'll take those arguments made over the course of the discussion, and then we reach a final verdict on which game shall prevail. So are you guys excited about this?
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) Fear and excitement are similar emotions.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, uh, we're putting up two games that have a very loyal cult following. Yeah, there may be very strong opinions about both of those games. Before we get into both of these games, let's just kind of do a brief uh, tale of the tape and uh, have a brief intro about this game. So Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, I mean, it kind of needs no introductions, but uh, <laughs> it released on April 13th in North America and September 24th in the EU, at least the EU got it on the same year, published by Nintendo and developed by Nintendo EAD, which was, of course, Iharumi Miyamoto's uh, team. Uh, directed by Takashi Tezuka and uh, produced by Shihiro Miyamoto, uh, with music composed by Mr. Koji Kondo himself. How did it get here? This was the number one seed in the tournament. So this one, if we just won by voting, was the heavyweight coming into the tournament. And of course, it's no surprise that it's in the semifinals. And then it took down the 20 seed, Dune 2. And I believe, Chris, you were on that episode, right? It was on the That's first round. That's correct. Yep, yep. <laughs> it was 2-1. Who, who was it that voted against Zelda? Was it you, Chris? Uh, no, okay, did, it think.
4: wasn't. It was uh, Chaos personified himself, Cade Call. There you go. <laughs> he threw his vote behind Dune 2.
0: Uh, we always need a little bit of chaos. And then it advanced <laughs> to the second round, and there it went up against the pink behemoth himself, <laughs> the pink devourer of worlds. And that was Kirby Streamland. To no surprise, it won in a unanimous decision, 3-0 against Kirby. So that's how it got here. What do you guys think about the path that Zelda has had all the way to the semifinals, Chris?
4: I mean, this is the number one seed. So in general, it's going to have an easier path. And it did. But that's why it's the number one seed. A lot of people really have appreciation for this game or at least ranked it highly. So when you go against a game like Dune 2, that's hard to really get a hold of and play today. And a lot of people, especially in our group, didn't play that. That seems like a natural selection to get over that. And then it was going to go against kirby or it could have gone against super mario land 2 but either one of those games are are portable game boy games and those generally in terms of how they stack up against console releases aren't as favorable so zelda had a really favorable path getting here it's a game that a lot of people have nostalgia for so it is really what it is it didn't have a lot of pushback or i mean the conversations that are the episodes that we had i think are fantastic especially the one against kirby's dreamland but this is what you get when you're number one
0: seed mm-hmm. yeah yeah you kind of coast to the semis i don't think it's an understatement to say that this is going to be the hardest matchup for Zelda. this is i think where it's really going to be tested So i'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing how it plays up against it and so then we go to the other one and that's dragon quest V: thank you no hanoyomi uh hand of the heavenly bride released september 27th 1992 in japan of course never made it out in the west uh until the nintendo ds release way later and uh, it was developed by shunsoft it was actually the last uh shunsoft developed dragon quest game and published by enix which is now part of that massive conglomerate that is square enix and designed by juji hori uh with artwork by akira toriyama and mm-hmm. music by koichi Sugiyama. and that's uh your standard classical Dragon Quest uh, formula. (laughs) It got here by being the 12th seed in the tournament. So really impressively, this is the lowest seeded game to make it to the semifinals, which I don't know, fills my heart with (laughs) glee. It really had to earn its stripes, even though it's a Dragon Quest game, to make it here. And I think the most impressive part was that it took down that blue hedgehog himself in the first round, And not only did it take it down, but it took it down unanimously. So this is the moment where we lost all credibility with Sega fanboys. (laughs) 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 So that was the first round. And then it went up against Final Fantasy V. And that was a heavyweight battle of the RPGs. I was on that episode. Aston was on that episode. Keith was on that episode. And it came down to the final moment. Mm -hmm. And it one against final fantasy V to one couldn't have been more of a split decision we made a decision because we had to but that was a very very tough choice there is another world a parallel universe in which we'll be talking about final fantasy V going up against celta
3: link to the past but it was a crazy 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 matchup i mean if i was on <laughs> mm-hmm. that i definitely would have given my vote to final fantasy V without a doubt <laughs> but I, I do love dragon quest V as well of course
0: well, try. Mm-hmm. none of us, literally none of us knew how we were going to vote coming into it. And I think an hour and a half into it, we still didn't know who <laughs> we were going to vote. <laughs> so it was really as tight as it could get. But Ashton, what do you think about uh, about the path of Dragon Quest and how I got here?
2: Uh, I think it's one of those things where, how do you put it? You're surprised, but it makes sense kind of a thing, you know, like you wouldn't have guessed it was going to make it this far, but you stop, to think about it and you're like, nah. it's Definitely has can be held up against a lot of these games. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I'm not going to get too much more into it. I, uh, I want to just get right into the criteria. So uh, we're going to go into the first criteria, which, of course, is personal attachment. And with respect to this question, you know, really, what is your personal attachment to both of those games? And I really want to hear from from you all what makes either of this game special. You can choose one or you can choose both or however you want. And I realize now that Arnie is the only one here. I hasn't talked about either of this game. So, Arnie, let's start with you. I mean, it's a pretty similar
1: path through both games for me. I came to them both much later than when they had released. Link to the Past definitely played when I was younger than I am now. I think I played Dragon Quest V maybe two or three years ago for the first time when I got it on the DS. Um, for Dragon Quest V, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very unique take on the RPG genre As, at least that I had played up to that point, right? And it was, you know, Dragon Quest game. (laughs) Like, it it (laughs) definitely has a few more bells and whistles and does some things differently than other ones, but at the end of the day, it's got that formula down pat, and I really enjoyed my time with it. Didn't get to finish it, but, you know, really, really had a good time with it. Link to the Past is one that I have, have a little bit of a history with. I have started that game, I can't even think of how many times and I have never once beat it. It's one of those games that sort of sits on my sits in the back of my mind as like you have to finish it at some point. It's such a classic game, right? And what it does, it does super well. Every time I pick it up, it's like I'm picking it up for the first time. Like I I just fall right back in love with it and I have such a good time while I'm playing it. <laughs> as somebody who played Link Between Worlds, which obviously you know is sort of that spiritual successor and is probably my favorite Zelda game. This is one that I, I appreciate for what it did when it did it, and I'm hoping that I can give it the justice it deserves at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I was wondering because you do love Link Between Worlds, yeah, which again a lot of people call the the best Link to the Past game. Um, so, <laughs> when was uh, at what age was the first time that you played Link to the Past?
1: Oh man, it must have been I would say probably like when I was 11. I think okay, 11 or 12. So. Sort of in the spot, I think, where I could really appreciate it, but it was showing its age. You know, it had been yeah. out for quite a while at that point.
0: Because I feel that more than most, this is a game that's really impacted by the time and place in which you played it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get more into that in the other criteria. But if you were, let's say, around 8, 9, 10, 11, back in 92 or 93, 94... Then this game, I could see how it would have blown you away. Yeah. So, really, to have played it when you were 11, so it must have been around, you know, early 2000s, right? Yeah. yeah. So, 2003, so, so, yeah. somewhere around there. All right. All right. We'll, we'll go into the voting <laughs> right after we go through everyone's personal attachment to this. So, try. I know you have some, some history with either or both of those games. So, give it to us. What, what, what is your personal attachment with respect to these games?
3: I mean, you know, I was on the Dragon Quest 5 episode previously. Um, I don't remember exactly what I said on there, but, you know, I was really excited to play it for a long time because it hadn't come out here. It did have a fan translation, but I didn't usually use a lot of emulation at the time and and still don't use a lot. But I really got into the Dragon Quest series with 8 on PS2. You know, I was just really excited when uh, they eventually brought five and six to the U S for the first time via the DS. So I was, I was excited to play it cause I knew among the Japanese fan base, it was a very popular pick for the fan favorite. And I was really intrigued by the idea of it, it going through a hero, so many stages of a hero's, the hero's life from childhood to fatherhood and beyond. So yeah, I was excited to play it, but at the end of the day, it's actually kind of in the middle of my favorite dragon quest games i'm maybe not as attached to it as i would be say dragon quest eight um or four or three even Uh, i i actually prefer all of those but when it comes to zelda my path to becoming you know such a zelda fan that my internet name is Triforce. <laughs> it's kind of weird because you would think that I would just have been a longtime fan from the NES days, but that really wasn't the case. My cousin had Zelda 1 and Zelda 2, and they were actually her favorite NES games. And I would play them a little bit when I went over to my aunt and uncle's house. Uh, but I didn't really understand them as a as a kid. I remember the world of Zelda 2, just the way that the sprites and the towns and things like that look like kind of captured my imagination and you know, the game over screen, you know, with, <laughs> you know, return of Ganon was like so haunting and and really stayed with me. But I just didn't really understand how it progress in the games. Uh, I, I mostly played like really straightforward platformers and stuff like that <laughs> at the time. And I, had no idea for many years that Zelda was so popular. I, just, I don't, I, that seems like a crazy thing to say, but I just, I, somehow that was lost on me. I didn't really read a lot of game magazines until I got Nintendo power in, in 96. And when the hype for, you know, what we called at the time, Zelda 64, you know, what became Ocarina of time. <laughs> Uh, when that started to come up, I was so shocked to see at school, how many people were excited about this game. I mean, it was, it was boys and girls that were excited about it. It was people who had a PlayStation, but they wanted to get an N64 to play this game. It was people who love games, people who I didn't really even think of as people who loved games that much. Like There were so many people like, oh yeah, Zelda 64. That is going to be amazing. And I felt really left out on this hype. Like (laughs) somehow I had gotten to 1997, you know, 13 years of life, not understanding that Zelda was like this, this juggernaut that united so many different kinds of people, much like Dragon Quest in Japan, really. Right. But Mm -hmm. maybe not to the same broad cultural extent. And I was like, wow, I feel really left out on this. And so a friend of mine had a link to the past and I'm like, can I borrow this and play this because like, I want to be excited about this, <laughs> you know, in 64 Zelda game too. And I just, I don't know why I should be excited. So I want to, I want to play this super Nintendo one. So I borrowed it and the rest is history. I, uh, it, it is. One of, if not the most hugely impactful games on just my tasting games today, it was hugely formative for me. That's awesome. And that was playing it, you know, about five years late. And I, I always like to say that I think when a game can impact you after its own time, like that is that is the mark of a truly great game well that's kind
0: of how i feel about a certain game on this on this particular matchup i'm glad that you laid that groundwork try but that's that's awesome that's an amazing story i i wish i would have been present in those schoolyard kind of discussions because it must have been super awesome to see everyone get excited about about cell so uh chris i you've talked about both of those games in the past because you've been on on episodes where both of those games have been discussed so Mm -hmm. maybe we can go briefly over over what your personal attachment is to either of these.
4: Yeah, just to kind of keep this brief, since my opinions are in the previous ones, uh, with Zelda, I think I've played it a couple times over the over the years leading up to when I finally beat it, I think back in 2014, 2015, just one of those games that just it never clicked with me. It was a game that I always tried and picked up just due to the reverence that it had attached to it due to its reputation of being a fantastic game. And I, I just couldn't find a way to get through it. And I know it's extraordinarily linear, so it wasn't because I got lost or anything. I just dropped it and lost interest. I think that's my feeling towards a lot of Zelda games, though. <laughs> so there is that. And uh, Dragon Quest V was a game that I did get into because of the magic of emulation. When I was in Sigonella, Sicily, uh, on a deployment back in 2000, I think it was 2000, 2008. I had loaded up my PC, my laptop that has gotten with all my... Uh, with all my ROMs and my emulators because it's in Europe. So the U S can't come after me. And I started playing, you know, just all these RPGs because I didn't really have any other thing to do. So I started playing the Dragon Quest games because I was playing uh, Dragon Quest monsters on my DS Mm -hmm. a lot. And it's like, I really want to get into the series. And that's when I sat down, played and beat Dragon Quest five, also Dragon Quest six, but Dragon Quest five kind of stuck with me. It was, I thought it was the superior game. So then when it came out later on the DS, I made sure to pick it up. And ever since, I would say it's my favorite entry in this series as a whole. I understand we're talking about the Super Nintendo game, mm-hmm. but the kind of one goes into the other and we can kind of talk about that in Legacy. But yeah, Dragon Quest V is my favorite entry in the Dragon Quest series. And as a JRPG fan, that is not being said lightly by any extent. But I know, just with that being said, I'm going to try and keep everything as objective as possible, and not let any sort of bias bleed over. But that, that's where my attachment is on those two
2: games. Got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, but you're wearing a Link to the Past shirt. You're not wearing a Dragon Quest shirt.
0: Hush. <laughs> this is an audio-only format, Ashton.
2: Peep behind a curtain.
0: Ashton, give <laughs> it to us, man. What's, uh, what's your personal attachment? I mean, I know that we spoke about Dragon Quest V on the last episode, but uh, maybe we can start off with Zelda.
2: So, yeah, I played it when it came out. Pretty sure my older brother owned... Like, it was always that, like, they had the Nintendos, and then when they were done with that, we got it. They had the Super Nintendo. When they were done with that, we got it. Uh, So it was kind of one of those, like, they held that over us. It's their system, so they can say if we can play Zelda or not, and we'd be lucky enough to watch. So it'll peek into my (laughs) childhood. Anyway, a couple of memories that I had, particularly with this game, like what you were saying earlier, like, yeah, I was seven when this game came out, and uh, it did blow my mind. And I played the first a ton, never getting very far. I played the second quite a bit, too. So I was very familiar with the series, uh, real excited about all the you know main Nintendo games kind of coming out for the first time on the Super Nintendo. You know, Super Mario Brothers and Link and Donkey Kong and Metroid and stuff. <laughs> One of the memories I have is that our next door neighbor, like across the alley, they had owned it before we bought a copy. And they also owned like this huge old fashioned plasma TV. And so that was like a big thing when like the three of us, my twin brother, my younger brother, we went over to their house and they turned it on and we were just like, <gasps> and, like that that like save state select thing was like taking up the whole screen and they were like at the end of the game. And they were fighting Ganon. So that's I remember that to this day. And I just played it last night just to kind of refresh myself a little bit. I thought everyone in the family would enjoy this little experience. Watch my two sons and my wife playing this old game. Uh, No one else was all that impressed. (laughs) I asked, I wanted my son's opinion because we've been playing games together and we played Breath of the Wild a little bit together. So I was curious what he thought being six. Uh, And so I said, what do you think of this game? Is it pretty cool? He's like, "Mm, no, it looks bad. (laughs) okay he's like why don't you play breath of the wild oh it looks better (laughs) I'm like okay and it was funny i didn't listen to the whole episode of link versus kirby but i had started it and uh eric asked about or said something about the pink hair that was one of the first things my son said he's like why is link's hair pink
3: (laughs) that is such a strange thing to me because not i mean if his hair is pink it's pink okay whatever but why does his why does his artwork not have pink hair like I've never yeah. under there must be some sort <laughs> of like sprite <laughs> composite video reason for like somehow he, he was just more visible with pink hair I've never yeah that makes sense there must be a technical reason for
2: it, it looked cooler because he was just more brown with the green was <laughs> yeah sort of I, boring, I guess it just I must
3: know? been more readable on the yeah. on the TV but I, that, that's always been a mystery to me it's, it's not a phase <laughs> mom
4: yeah. what is it uh yeah. Tara from Final Fantasy 6 mm. is uh wants to jump in the chat but we're telling oh, you no
3: that was common in the I mean 8-bit era makes sense right where yeah. you know you're so color limited but yeah. 16-bit yeah. era like why do we still have characters that don't have the same color uh, hair color as their artwork I don't get it yeah.
0: yeah maybe the canon the canon color is pink maybe that's uh mm. in the Zelda timeline yeah. so yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, and Dragon Quest 5, Ashton, uh, I know we talked about it, but uh, briefly, can you go over what are yeah. your experiences with it?
2: Yeah, I'd never played it before, like a month or two ago, I started playing it for that episode. And I wasn't, not really a big Dragon Quest fan. I always appreciated the series. I would played the first one a ton when I was really, really young, uh, but not many after that. So actually, since finishing 5, I wanted to kind of go back and play some more of them. So I've been playing through Dragon Quest 2. And that's pretty fun, especially with a you know, walkthrough when I need it. I forget who said it already, but it's you know, it stands up like I played it for the first time, you know, this year and enjoyed it. I'm not hard to please really <laughs> when it comes to uh, especially when it comes to RPGs. I think my one I don't know if I call it a regret, but like playing it like for the podcast and kind of like a analytical, journalistic, whatever kind of way. Maybe took away a little bit from the experience because I was kind of more concerned with like, okay, I got to play through the game, get through it so I can at least talk about it and know what everybody's talking about instead of just kind of sitting back and enjoying every step of the story. You know, so I think that was maybe why some of the things didn't hit me as hard and took away from the experience a little bit, but still overall uh, really enjoyed the game. So, yeah, I like I like both these games a lot. Uh, I have a more just historical connection to Zelda overall. I think it's kind of similar to the Dragon Quest V versus uh, Sonic 2 matchup, you know, it's kind of, as someone had said, uh, you know, like the big, a big game in Japan and a big game, like most selling game in America. So I think this is somewhat similar as a, you know, heavy hitter over here in America versus a heavy hitter in Japan. Uh, Although I think personally, I think Legend of Zelda probably has a bit more, of a chance uh, yeah compared to sonic 2 because <laughs> it's still yeah. fun <laughs>
0: i mean the the retro hangover contingent is not very kind on sonic uh to put it mildly so uh that game had an uphill battle <laughs> going into it yeah. it's the fucking manises man <laughs> <laughs> so i guess that's gonna end it with me and so very briefly on dragon quest V, I played it this year for the podcast for for this uh tournament and uh i loved it I'm still kind of getting through it. I'm I'm at the last generation and uh, probably have like about four hours more to play. Um, it's just I kind of get my game time in. I'm playing it on, on iOS, so I'm playing it on my phone, which is, as I said before, not the most ideal way to play it. But I wasn't about to shout out money for the Nintendo DS version, so that's the way that it had. What's that going for, like 20 bucks or? Yeah, I think like 20, 25 <laughs> times eight. <laughs> I mean I played it in that way but even then I still think that I got enough to to really fall in love with it really I I haven't beat it not because I haven't wanted to but more because I just haven't had the time Mm -hmm. but I put in you know the last time I checked it had already been like 26 hours that I had put into to the game which it's pretty significant for for me I mean I usually nowadays I don't spend more than five six hours on games I'm a very promiscuous gamer nowadays I, I I touch one and then I leave it you know and uh (laughs) <laughs> it has to be something like Elden Ring or The Witcher and the like for me to stay at uh, the course. So, uh, for me to say, you know, for 25 hours playing this this old school JRPG must have said something about how well it has aged. So again, again, I mean, this is the super fam- This is not the Super Famicom version. This is the remake. But I still think that, as Chris says, I think there is a lot of overlap between those two. Link to the Past is a little bit more of an interesting story that I have with it because I I have a personal soft spot for Zelda, but not the soft spot that most people would have. Arnie has heard this story before, you know, previously <laughs> on, on, on RFG, but mm-hmm. I grew up in Cuba and the very first game that I received when my dad came to the country to visit, uh, because he left he left Cuba first and tried to get us out of the country for, for some years after. Um so the first game that he when he brought us a Game Boy the original brick Game Boy the, the 101 uh was Zelda and and it was Zelda Link's Awakening and similar to try I struggled with knowing what to do with the game I think that the uh, the puzzle aspect of Zelda and the getting an item to pr- progress and 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 having it in a specific kind of sequential manner was a little bit difficult for me I think particularly because I just I did not have the English. I was basically just, you know, kind of winging it. But even then, with those impediments, I still loved it so much that to this day, it's the only game that I keep from my from my childhood. It, it actually made the jump with me as I defected from Cuba and I came over from Cuba. It was the only game that I carried with me through the whole journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So it it holds a special place in my heart. And so naturally, when a game like that is so dear to you, you would think that, you know the others in the series would also be dear to you but it's kind of interesting because i see that game as kind of standing on its own and completely separate and apart from the rest of the series and and as much as i love that game the rest of the series has just kind of been to me just it's there and and i've just never really gotten into it and i remember playing a link to the past in an emulator way back when i i put it on and it was just like okay there you go. Okay, now I can go and, and find something else. And I went to another platformer. And then much later on, I played it on the 3DS on the virtual console. I started playing it, and for some reason, I mean, I, I hated, hated the sound sampling. Um, the, the samples used for the game are just not the best, unfortunately. I think the compositions are great, but it, they're just really kind of jarring. So that was kind of what put me off, weirdly enough, and it just felt a little bit slow, and so I never played it. So I just kind of left it there. Coming into this tournament, I think my perspective is going to be more of, you know, how can you guys sway me one way or the other? I'm going to hear from you guys, and I'm going to make my decisions based on, you know, what arguments you bring to the table, because I... Like Arnie, I've just gotten into, I've tried to play Link to the past several times and I just haven't been able to get into it. And I don't think that speaks as to whether it's a good game or not. It's just for some reason it hasn't clicked with me. So, so yeah, that's, that's my personal attachment. So with that said, let's go to the voting. So Arnie, you went first, give it to us. Which one do you choose?
1: Yeah, it's tough, right? I think, you know, just to make a long story very short, I am I think I'm going to go with Zelda on this one, just because when I think of my experiences with both games, that's the one that really draw, I draw, I'm more drawn to. I think it's because I've played it more um, and I've had that experience, but that's the one that's going to be for me for, for this particular category.
0: Awesome.
3: Right. I mean, it's, it's gotta be Zelda. I mean, like I said, it was, uh, usually foundational to my tastes. I mean, I thought it was interesting what you were just saying about how you kind of had a hard time understanding like what to do and where to go. And like sort of the idea of the sequences, you know, something I was thinking about before recording was how I, I was still pretty new to the idea of like event driven games as well. Mm -hmm. Like, and this was, this game was a big part of helping me understand that and also kind of paving the way for me to start getting into RPGs, even though, you know, it's not an RPG, but, you know, RPG, you know, expanding from just action adventures into RPGs and stuff like that. uh, Because that, you know, that sequential event based thing, like, oh, this character says this, now I can do this. Or you get this item, now I can do this. It laid all the groundwork for me to love that kind of stuff. And as much as I, I love Dragon Quest, five didn't particularly have an impact uh, maybe compare as much as some of the other Dragon Quest games for for me personally, mm. but but Zelda massive impact.
0: Mm. All right, so that's two points for Zelda. I'm going to go. I'm going to skip ahead, <laughs> and, mm. and I'm going to go Dragon Quest Five for the reasons I've outlined below. I I really think going by what Tri said that when a game leaves an impact even way after its time, I think it speaks to something special, and that's mm. how I feel about Dragon Quest Five. So. It's a game that right now has kind of really catapulted into, you know, my personal faves. I think it's going to it's going to stay there for a while. And it, it has made me want to go into the other Dragon Quest games, which I think speaks to its gateway component. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely going to be Dragon Quest V for me. So, Chris, give it to us. Where do you go? I think this
4: one's fairly obvious based off what I said. It's, it's Dragon Quest V.
0: Especially for something that
4: that you and Tri said, it's the impact that it leaves on you later on. I mean, what between these two games, and I'm not saying it made a huge impact, but I will say that in terms of emotions and in terms of making me feel something, uh, being a being a family man, this game was able to get that out of me. And it might not speak that to every person with the family. I'm not saying, oh, if it doesn't speak to you, do you do you really love your family? No, of course you do. Yeah, I think you're right. But I'm just saying that as a family man. <laughs> Like a lot of the moments did reach me. It did speak to me. And I, I did get something out of that, uh, which is something that even if let's pretend like I love Zelda, Zelda wasn't able to do that for me in any form. But uh, so easily Dragon Quest five.
0: All right, so that's 2 2 in each game's favor. So that's why I went first. So, Ashton, break the tie,
2: buddy. Sure. I just want to say if I took my children on an adventure with me, they would act like those monsters when you first get them. You tell them to attack (laughs) and then they'd not listen. And like, come on, just do it. No, I don't want to. Anyway, so uh, unrealistic family dynamic in that game. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Everybody gets along a little
1: too well, if you know what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Guy's not even there for eight years. Anyway, I digress. uh Mine's very similar to Arnie. Played Dragon Quest five and liked it a lot. Yeah, but it's gonna be Legend of Zelda for me. It's up there in my all-time favorite games. Not to give too much away, I think. But uh not only is it one of my favorite games, I think it's still fun today. And yeah, I can see how not a lot of people can get into it. As I was playing it last night, I still like not not exactly muscle memory, but like I still played it the way I played. Having played it thousands of times or whatever, where I just go almost like beeline it through everything and know which puzzle I need to hit and which block I need to move and make sure I kill this enemy so I get the key. I think I'm finally getting to the age where I got a few hours in and I was like, oh shit, I don't remember. <laughs> like it's been that long and I'm that old. And I'm like, oh, I am a little stuck. I guess I'll actually have to explore and figure it out.
0: So what you're saying, Ashton, is that this game is going to serve as a barometer for your age and mm, for that's a good, your uh, yeah. eventual memory loss, right? I mean, that's exactly
2: Yeah, it's going to be the notebook for me or something. You know, let,
0: let me let me put on Zelda and see how I'm doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're going to go Zelda. So that's that's three two. Zelda wins that category. So that means we're going to go over into the critical commercial reception, which is the category that everyone loves to hate. First of all, Zelda. I mean, this is a juggernaut. So the game rankings aggregate is 93%. The contemporaneous scores were all through the roof. It was one of the most well-received games of all time. So Famitsu gave it a 39 out of 40, which was just one point short of perfection.
1: Who was that one person, I wonder?
0: Yeah, that asshole. I mean, there, there was, there's always that asshole, you know, that's yeah. like, nope, nope, there's no such thing as perfection. They were like, everything was great, but the
1: sound sampling was fucked. Like, I
5: can't, I can't give this
0: EGM gave it a, a 35 out of 40, which I guess that's, a, you know, that's nines across yeah. the board. Mm-hmm. GamePro gave it a 5 out of 5, which we know GamePro's points don't matter. <laughs> so- <laughs> So, and Nintendo Power, actually, strangely enough, gave a 4.675. I mean, you would have thought that Nintendo Power would have been like, yeah, this is perfection. (laughs) This is mana from heaven brought to us by our dear lord, Shihiro Miyamoto. But but no, they gave it a
3: 4.675. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is part of what added to my awareness of like, oh, hey, Zelda's a bigger deal than I thought, was uh, Nintendo Power issue 100 in 1997. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Link to the Past is either this, the number two, maybe number three, but I think it's number, I think it's number two on that list. So, I mean, obviously though, that was many years removed. They had time to ruminate on it and think like, oh yeah, this really is amazing. Or different, different people, you know, working there at the time. But yeah, they rated it extremely. I mean, not to say that. isn't extremely high too,
0: but (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I guess, I guess Nintendo Power. I mean, I guess they were a little bit objective, maybe who
1: knows? I mean, they had it, they had to make it look believable. Yeah, interesting
3: (laughs) to see though that Famitsu is so much higher than like EGM though, because I mean, obviously, this game I don't think had the same impact in Japan that it had in the West Mm -hmm. Uh, because I don't think Zelda has ever been like a super, super huge deal in Japan. So it's interesting to see it get so close to that 40 out of 40. <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting take, Brian. It's something that's been in the back of my
0: head for a long time, but you've put it into words. I It's kind of strange that Zelda has been more of a Western sensation. Zelda has just hit so hard with the Western audience and for kids around that age. And I wonder whether it has to do with, you know, kind of it's more fantasy trappings or... That sense of adventure, because when you put Dragon Quest V against Zelda in Japan, I mean, there's no contest. It's just I, I, I don't know right. why it is that the sense of adventure you get in a Dragon Quest game is different from the one you get in a Zelda game. And
3: I, I would say, too, that I, I have no way to, to measure this, but I definitely get the sense that the broad cultural impact of Dragon Quest V and the Dragon Quest series as a whole is much more all encompassing in Japan than Zelda is here. Mm -hmm. Uh I mean, dragon quest is just something that unites, you know, young, old male, female, you know, rich, poor everyone in Japan, like loves dragon quest. I don't think Zelda is quite (laughs) the unifying factor in the West that Zelda, that dragon quest is in Japan. So while, Zelda's impact is broader worldwide. I think for a singular culture, Dragon Quest is definitely bigger.
4: Got it, Chris. You were gonna say? Well, I I know we're kind of stomping on the middle of your getting <laughs> before you get to Dragon Quest here, just to provide maybe some insight into what what Try is saying, and I think is a really good point. It's a, I'm glad he brought it up. Is when you look at Dragon Quest and Zelda, because you were talking about the fantasy elements. Well, they're both fantasy elements. The, the, they're both high fantasy kind of games. They both really dive into the sense of adventure. But I think if you look at the development of Japanese games versus, you know, what's popular in Japan versus what's popular in the United States or North America, or just Western countries in general, is Dragon Quest is menu based and Zelda is action based. Yeah. And what you see in the West is that action games get a lot further than menu based mm-hmm. games. And I know that a lot of they both kind of stemmed out of Ultima and Wizardry. And then you have Xanadu and Dragon Slayer eventually leading to the creation of Zelda and you have visual novels kind of stemming off from the, the, those RPGs making it more menu-based and more streamlined into Dragon Quest. I think that's the big separation. That's why, yeah, Zelda's still not a s- insignificant deal in Japan, but you're right. It's not as big as Dragon Quest was, certainly at this time. And mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and it won awards left and right and you know, the, the retrospective. Awards for 1992 Game of the Year for Chicago Tribune, Best Video Game Sequel at EGM, Best Graphics and Nintendo Power Challenge and Hero, which Hero I mean <laughs> what what is Link? <laughs> Who is Link? What? He's the I hero. Just, yeah. When I hear about the best hero being Link, it's like he's a blank slate. <laughs> like he just <laughs> picks up a sword and goes. But, you know, that's neither here or there. Chicks dig the elves. Yeah, chicks dig the elves, I guess. <laughs> um, no. yeah. Sales, I mean, it, it sold 4.6 million copies worldwide. Seventh best-selling SNES games uh, ever, which includes bundles, and uh, the third best-selling video game of 1992, just behind Street Fighter 2 and Sonic Two. One of those is no longer in the running. And so we go over to Dragon Quest V, and, and it becomes a little bit more difficult to gauge what kind of reception it had, because it didn't come out in the west so all we have is kind of the the eastern the japanese scores to go by and Famitsu gave it a 36 out of 40 so yeah there's uh, Mm. some game facts critical scores i mean there's 4.28 out of 5 but that's only two uh rankings and then there's a user score of 4.13 out of 5 but it's really hard to gauge what kind of critical reception you know dragon quest V had but I think just going, you know, in a retrospective way, I think we can generally kind of assume that it had a pretty good reception in Japan, both critically and commercially. Oh, yeah. Commercially, I mean, it sold 2.8 million units. It was the best-selling game in Japan in 1992. And uh, yeah, 16th best-selling SNES game of all time, which for a game that only came out in Japan, mm-hmm. that's extremely impressive. I mean, just mm-hmm. the fact that it's the 16th best-selling game, you know, without the Western audience, without POW, without the North American release. That's pretty amazing. So with that having said, let's let's jump into choosing one or the other. So try which one do you think has the edge here in the terms of critical and commercial reception?
3: Ah, man, it's interesting to see that Famitsu 36 out of 40 on Dragon Quest V, you know, a little lower than Zelda, which is surprising. But I, I think I think in this regard, I'm going to give I'm going to give more weight to commercial reception, the public reception more so than the critical reception. And I do think I'm going, I'm going to give uh, the nod to Dragon Quest V here just because like I said, even though Zelda did sell more worldwide and is certainly the more famous and beloved game in the West, uh, I think Dragon Quest V's impact on just that that singular market that it was released in at that time was much more significant. I mean, you look at the The sales numbers we we have here, Uh, I don't know what the source is exactly, but, you know, 2.8 million for Dragon Quest V in just, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm sure people import it from other places, uh, but for the most part, just Japan, 4.6 million worldwide for Zelda. I mean, when you look at those numbers, I mean, that is just, yeah, it's almost (laughs) 2 million more for Zelda, but just. Half of that being in Japan alone for Dragon mm-hmm. Quest V yeah. is super, super impressive. I mean, I, I don't I don't think there's any doubt that while Zelda cast a wider net, its impact was more diluted mm-hmm. compared to Japan. Yeah. yeah,
0: And when it's not a it's not a huge market, Japan, I mean, no, if you look at penetration rate, let's just say that five million people probably had a super Famicom at the time. So I would probably say that the penetration rate is extremely mm-hmm. important, that if you own a Super Famicom, you were probably getting this game. Yeah. So that, that to me is really important. So, so try, you're going to give it to Dragon Quest I'm go- 5. I'm
3: going to give it to Dragon Quest 5, even though it technically sold less, but just what it did in Japan alone is so impressive.
0: All right, so let's switch it up. Arnie,
1: what do you got? I literally was going to say the same thing that Tri just said. Uh,
5: like you know, when you when you see
1: a a game like that do what 50 plus I mean it's 50 plus percent of what Zelda's doing in you know so much smaller of a of a distribution market, right? Just Japan versus essentially a worldwide release. You can't that's not something you can really ignore, right? And I think the I think the critical reception is close enough to sort of make it it, at least in my view, tilt more in Dragon Quest V's favor. When you think of like, when you put everything down into the same context, it's just the commercial reception and the impact and the sort of what it did in that market is unparalleled. So that's why I'm going Dragon Quest V.: All right, Chris,
0: give it to us.
4: I think you guys have, have persuaded me to devote a certain way here, because I was going to go in here and just outright, say, Zelda, and I'm going to have to talk this one through a little bit. Cause I'm still not sure if I'm going to s- settle on dragon quest. So I'm looking at this and if I'm, if I'm being exclusively a centric, mm-hmm. obviously the, the best the way option to be, is the, the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, don't, I guess. But uh, if I'm going to be a, a Marocentric, centric, I'm going to choose Zelda, but I, I'm looking at the numbers that you point out, the attach rate, as you said, 2.8 million in one region. Yeah. And you also go to the fact that we've mentioned this on previous episodes that increased the price of the super Famicom by itself and final fantasy V came out around the same time and sold similar numbers not as much but similar numbers so that certainly didn't help matters i also have to bring up the fact i'm not sure if we brought this up before something that region free gamers made me vastly aware of is the nintendo bump (laughs) so pretty much when it comes to critical reception you know that, that they pointed out that nintendo games published by nintendo developed by nintendo by pretty much all western reviewers and probably in japan too get a little more of the benefit of the doubt and get an increased score. Cause interestingly, a link to the past got a really high score, but it did not get game of the year, but it's own publication by a game that was rated lower. So when you take that into account, I'll get to that one later cause it's still in the tournament. But when you take that into account, I think there's a lot of, you know, this is Zelda. You guys remember the original Zelda. You love Zelda. So you're going to love this game. And Dragon Quest five, that probably was the same in Japan, to be honest with you, because it was like, oh, you remember Dragon Quest four. Here's the brand new Super Nintendo version of that game. But to see a market penetration, even with as much as it's a bigger deal in the West than it is in Japan, the attach rate in Japan was just so much more significant. So the commercial reception, I, I even though like if you want to go even on a broad scale overall, even today and how people view them again, from my amerocentric perspective, it feels like it should be Zelda. But I just think the overwhelming love for a game that in surveys today in Japan by the populace still put this as the first or second best game of all time. That's incredible that that has that so much love and so much like just respect today uh, in terms of a commercial reception. I know that bleeds over a little bit in legacy and I apologize for that, but I think you swayed me on it and I'm going to have to give my vote to Dragon Quest V.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to go ahead before rounding it out with Ashton. And uh, I think all of you have made very fine points, which I would have made if someone else would have made them, because I do feel like that market penetration and and, and really attach rate is is huge. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here, because one of the things that I think about is that even though it's very impressive that Dragon Quest V performed so well in just one single market, at the end of the day, it's still one single market. And I think that if you had released Dragon Quest V in the West, I mean, you look at Dragon Quest One, Two II, and three, which all released in the West, I believe four also released in the West. hmm Yes. None of them really blew the socks, you know, out of anyone, I mean, in the West. It was all kind of lukewarm reception. So I think even if you had released it in the West, I still think that it would have been buoyed mostly by the Japanese reception and mostly by the Japanese audience. Whereas with Zelda, it proved itself in more markets. It proved itself in the North American market, it proved itself in the European market, and it proved itself in the South American market. And, of course, in its native Japanese market. So I think it really performed, and it's beloved, across so many markets that I think comparatively... Dragon Quest V, I don't think it would have had that same effect. So I I think Zelda, you know, the fact that it was extremely well-received and it managed to stay in the enduring memory of so many different children from so many different markets, I think gives me the edge of its reception. And I still think that even if you had released Dragon Quest V in the West, I don't think it would have nearly been close to the sales that Zelda Link to the Past had. And neither would I have thought that the critical reception would have been as high, even with a Nintendo bump that we all know and love that applies to Zelda. So I'm going to give it to Zelda, even though Dragon Quest V has already taken this category. Mm -hmm. So Ashton, round it out, buddy.
2: Yeah, I'm one of the people that's not a, I don't know. I don't put a lot of stock in either commercial or critical reception. Uh, It's just the hipster in me, I think. (laughs) But but I just kind (laughs) of came up with that I'm going to go with. Is I think the sort of anecdote or the story of the increasing the price of the Famicom and the three mile long line. I haven't looked this up, but I can't think of any other story, any other game that has a story like that behind it. Uh, and I just kind of think that's kind of cool and a little, I don't know, bit of a interesting, unique trivia for it. I'm gonna give it to Dragon Quest V for that sort of little, I don't know, trivia about it. Yeah got it yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> but i still think ozzy you're 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 right though that a worldwide distribution of dragon quest 5 probably would not have bumped that 2.8 million units up that high whereas each market that uh zelda was released in probably contributed decently to that 4.6 million yeah
5: mm-hmm.
2: yeah maybe this blends into legacy a little bit but yeah that just yeah, seems yeah. And- so unique mm-hmm. To think of a game doing that in 1992 anywhere in the world <laughs> as opposed to now you're kind of more used to these big you know events and lines out the, outside the GameStop for game releases oh yeah but not not 92 i mean maybe it's <laughs> because we couldn't drive but
1: people were less deranged back then
2: <laughs> yeah more people could take the train in japan to yeah. get the game probably no.
0: So that means that Dragon Quest V takes this criteria. So that is one and one a piece. Zelda took the first one and now Dragon Quest V took the second one. So that means we have legacy left to go and which one we would rather play. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, recharge your batteries a little bit and then come back while you listen to some good Dragon Quest V music. Everyone, we're back. I hope you enjoyed some of Sugiyama's finest compositions. And uh, we're gonna get into the next two criteria before we reach a final verdict. That was your last break, so it's no stop till Brooklyn right now. So we're gonna go into the legacy. And uh, look, you know, both of these games are here for a reason, and both of these games have had an enduring legacy. When you look at Zelda, I mean, it's been called the best game of all time several times by EGM, by Next Generation, by Popular Mechanics, second best game of all time. Wait, 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 Press that. Why is Popular Mechanics ranking Zelda? <laughs> I just like read over that without... Like, <laughs> why, why is Popular Mechanics here? Anyways, whatever. If Popular Mechanics says that, it, it must be true. Second best game of all time, G4, IGN. Best game of its generation by GamePro and Kotaku Australia. So yeah, this game is always in the running, or at least it seems to be in the running for the top games of all time, particularly now that at least it seems to me like Super Metroid has kind of fallen a little bit in its kind of best game of all time ranking. Don't know why, but it seems like for a long time that was considered the best game of all time. I think mostly it may be that people are getting older and and the people that are used to make these rankings are not the people that grew up with the Super Nintendo. (laughs) Um, I think that impacts a lot of which is the best game of all time, depending upon the generation that's ranking it. Mm -hmm. But then you look at Dragon Quest V, and it was ranked the 11th best game of all time by Famitsu, second best game of all time by TV Asahi. Uh, But really, it seems like Dragon Quest V, because of its Japanese... Presence and its ex- exclusivity there, it's less considered in the West as the best game of all time kind of title. It's more obscure in the West in those considerations. So, having said that, Chris, what what do you think? I mean, let's uh for a change, let's start with you. What what do you think in terms of the legacy? You know, let's think about what kind of impact Zelda had on other games of its genre. You know how it you know the the mechanics and the way that it presented its gameplay carried over into future titles, and how did Dragon Quest V advance the RPG genre in any way? So, uh, Chris, give it to us. So, looking between Zelda and Dragon Quest V, I don't really think
4: that Zelda advanced the action RPG, if you want to call it action RPG, genre all too much. I think it is, for its time, one of the best refinements of the genre. I know I really kind of talked shit about it when we were on Doom, the dune 2 episode but i think that's because you know dune 2 is you know the the progenitor of the rts whereas zelda is is really a refinement and also said that one of the things that i think hurts a link to the past legacy is that when breath of the wild came out everyone and a link and uh, link between worlds came out they're like oh this is finally the zelda game that we've been waiting for so in many ways a link to the past took a formula they saw what people probably i won't say didn't like but struggled with and really kind of backpedaled it a little bit to make it more streamlined and probably more accessible to a a broader group of players where they could actually you know get through the game finish the game and have more memories i don't think that's necessarily a knock Mm -hmm. but i will say that nintendo didn't really realize what it wanted to do with zelda in my opinion until a link between worlds and uh, a breath of the wild Now, with that refinement, that doesn't mean it has just no legacy or negative legacy or anything like that, because when when you talk about merch all over the world and what the face of Nintendo is, what Nintendo puts out there to the general public, Zelda is one of its breadwinners, Mm -hmm. no matter what you might think about this game in particular or the series in particular, it, it dominates almost over all other franchises. It's a game that everyone wants on every single console. They're like, where's the new Zelda? Where's the new Zelda? And I think a lot of that does stem from a link to the past, really solidifying the legacy and saying that we're going to continue this game going on to the future. Dragon Quest V had a lot of great ideas that I brought up in the Sonic 2 episode, especially with the monster collecting. I don't know if the monster collecting would have been as big with Pokemon or or other games if Dragon Quest V didn't do what it did. And of course, that legacy is passed on, but I can't really nail it down to that specifically being Dragon Quest V. I have my theories that it is. But it wasn't the first game to do it because Shin Megami Tensei came out the same year. It came out before Dragon Quest V and had many of the similar mechanics and Japanese players love that. You had a monster collecting aspect there, too. I just think that Dragon Quest V made it a little bit more digestible, but I can't pin it on it. I will say that Dragon Quest V has a movie that was developed. We talked about that in the Sonic 2 episode and also the, the previous episode that you had against Final Fantasy V that was brought up. But I think there's all sorts of external media based on Zelda. And when people think Zelda, I don't think they're thinking of the original Zelda anymore. I think a lot of those things that you're grabbing in Zelda, the culture of Zelda, what's representative of Zelda and how people see Zelda was more established in A Link to the Past than the original Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo. I think when people think of the artwork, I think when people think of the environments, I think when people think of Hyrule and these are all things that are a big part of the gaming zeitgeist and big parts of gaming culture, I think it really did start with the original Legend of Zelda. I mean, I I know audio only podcast. I'm wearing a Legend of Zelda A link to the past shirt right now. So merchandise exists specifically for this game. And I think you can find that everywhere. You could also say it blends in with the rest of the series. And yeah, if you go to Japan, there's probably all sorts of Similar things that you could say about the Dragon Quest series, but I think those are more wrapped around the series as a whole instead of specifically Dragon Quest five, even though it seems to be that Dragon Quest five is kind of the favorite of the bunch in Japan based off what I've seen. So, I mean, it's really close. And again, stepping back and, and trying to take myself out of the Amerocentric perspective, I, I still think I'm going to have to give legacy to Zelda just because that formula did stick around in the action RPG genre for so long. And a lot of people did copy it. I know I'm kind of going back and I'm agreeing with uh, with Josh on this one uh, after, you know, having a little spat. But I think it's because the refinement was so good, whereas as Dragon Quest, it's also a very well refined and well developed experience, but not as many people tried to ape Dragon Quest V as much as they did Zelda, especially within its own series. So legacy for me is going to Zelda.
2: Got it. Got it. Can I ask you a question, Chris? sure it might not matter since you picked zelda anyway but <laughs> i was curious mm-hmm. so let me first clarify you're saying that the um other two games breath of the wild and not, and whatever they are what you think the developers wanted zelda the legend of zelda game to be or how it played the original one yes the original one yes non-linear
4: dungeon exploring total adventure find your own way Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. That makes sense. I guess what my question was going to be was like, if they were making a link to the past today or, well, no, let's go back to 92. Do you think there weren't things they weren't able to do just on whatever limitation or like they were somewhat unsatisfied or unhappy with how link to the past turned out, or they would have done it differently if they could go back and
4: do it again? In my opinion, looking at it, the way they designed it, I think they understood that their audience wanted A more streamlined approach because i think now they could craft an entire narrative on on bigger memory and they could deliver that experience in that that way you have to remember we were shifting out of the arcades at this point where the arcades were really narrowly focused experience and now you could craft experiences specifically for home consoles so i don't think it was a limitation it was more like how can we streamline the experience especially when you have to compete with what was going on with the pc engine over in japan because that's where Nintendo seeing a lot of those things and probably more well-crafted experiences, even though a lot of a lot of those were still arcade titles. Mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of kind of talking out of my ass here. I'm, com- <laughs> I'm going to freely admit that I don't think it was a limitation thing. I think it was a conscious decision because if it was a limitation thing. You would have seen a more streamlined approach in the original Le- Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. So this was it was, hey, how do we make this more streamlined? How do we make this a little bit different than what we've done before? How do we attract uh, a more casual audience? Because that's what Nintendo was. And if you're reading the tea leaves ever since the beginning of uh, video game development, video games have gotten easier and easier and easier in the effort to bring in a more casual audience. And that's that's my belief. And it's worked because video games are much larger than they were back in 1987.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm going to go ahead and and speak to legacy on, on, you know, for my part, when I'm really thinking about what we used to call genre defining, you know, when I look at Dragon Quest V. I absolutely love it. I absolutely adore it. What I think it brought to the table was a kind of mature story. I mean as mature as you could probably get, you know, the fact that you're you grow up and you really live a life and view the world through the eyes of this child that grows and through his struggles and travails, you know, he becomes, you know, a family man and 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 he helps quote unquote, save the world, I mean, and and you have your children, you have your wife who becomes pregnant, so on and so forth. I think all of that was kind of very new at the time. and And I admire that a game of 1992 was doing something like that. I think if I had seen that as a kid, it would have spoken to me in a way of, you know, you get to be an adult, which, you know, every kid wants to be, you know, at some point or another. And then they realize it's not everything it's cracked up to be. And yeah, but but when you look itself at what it did for the RPG genre, I mean yeah, the monster collecting is interesting, but I think the RPG genre would have carried on even if Dragon Quest V had never released. I don't think Dragon Quest V did anything that would mark it as definitively its own, and that it definitely left its own imprint into the genre as a whole. I think a lot of the sensibilities that Dragon Quest V may have had or, or the impact it may have had on leading developers or, or would-be developers into game development because of its impact on the, on the general zeitgeist of Japan, maybe that's kind of its own impact, but I, I don't know how much to ascribe to that. I don't know how much weight to give to that. Um, so I think that if Dragon Quest V had never released, I think the RPG genre would have carried on just the same and it's really using the same kind of principles that you would have seen in wizardry and and that's fine that's totally fine that's what dragon quest 5 is that's what dragon quest as a whole as a series is it's you know just bread and potatoes rpgs it's it's like you know your warm and fuzzy warm blanket of an rpg and that's what people want and that's what dragon quest offers so but i don't think that it means that dragon quest 5 had a lasting impact in terms of redefining the genre or laying down its own rules as to how the genre would be. But then I look at Zelda Link to the Past, and yeah, I have my own thoughts about it, but, you know, really, when you look at it in the context of 92, it really laid down the framework for what a top-down action-adventure game would be. It was really the definitive version of how a game should look and play. And from there, we saw games like, well, Link's Awakening, of course, being the most direct successor in 93, but then we saw games like Beyond Oasis and The Legend of Thor, we saw the whole Quintet, you know, trilogy, Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, Terra Enigma, all those games in some way or another, you know, whether you think that it did did it better than Zelda or not, they were all impacted by Zelda. And then you look at it within the context of its own series, and the framework that it laid down in terms of the gameplay was really applied, arguably, up until Skyward Sword. I mean, you had the same concept. Yeah, it went 3D, but the same dungeon exploring and get an item to go to another dungeon. I mean, you could say that that was kind of originally in the first Zelda, but Link to the Past was the one that really laid down the rules as to how it should apply. So it wasn't until Breath of the Wild kind of kicked the table that we saw that concept and that framework kind of get revolutionized. So I think within its own genre and outside of its genre, I think Link to the Past has had a long-lasting legacy. And when you look at the effect that kind of bled over from what followed it, like Ocarina of Time, and the effect that that game had on other games, really, I think you can trace it back to Link to the Past. So... I honestly think that it's it's kind of really a clear cut winner here. I mean, I have to give it to Zelda. It's it's just such a massive legacy, and and it goes beyond the nostalgia. I think I, I think yeah, both of these games benefit a lot from nostalgia. I mean, there's definitely an element of that, but I do think objectively, Zelda: a Link to the Past has had more of a lasting and 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 redefining legacy in in, in the genre and medium as a whole. So yeah, I gotta go Zelda. So,
1: Arnie, you want to go ahead? Just to repeat a lot of the things you guys have already said, I think that, legi- that uh, Link to the Past sort of falls in an interesting point in time here, right? Following this, the next console release is obviously Ocarina of Time. Who could possibly forget that game and its impact? And then I think that, yeah, the, the sort of the basic structure of Link to the Past carries through, through a lot of these games up until when Ozzy was saying, you know, Breath of the Wild comes out sort of turns everything upside down but the divergence here I think especially going into the 2D games which stuck a lot closer to that link to the past style right all the way through Link's Awakening, the Oracle Games, Minish Cap, Phantom Hourglass, all these you know sort of games peaking in my personal opinion with uh the excellent link between worlds and now that Link's Awakening has gone 3D onto the Switch like I feel like they're crossing the streams at this point like Link to the past has (laughs) somehow jumped its way into the present (laughs) and is just very much alive and well in Nintendo's own mind, obviously. How on brand? I don't know. I feel like there's a utopic universe in which Ocarina never comes out and we just always stick with like Link to the past style games forever. (laughs) And maybe that maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I certainly have always tended more towards the 2D Zelda like the more linked to the Past type games. So that's, you know, that's sort of why my mind always goes in that direction when it comes to Zelda. And I think that legacy is, is undeniable, right? Like, I think Chris was the one saying that, like, I think when people nowadays think of Zelda, they don't necessarily think of the original Zelda. And I think that's true. I think a lot of people now think of Link to the Past or think of Ocarina, but that basic structure was perfected almost at, in link to the past. Obviously there's room for improvement in many other areas, but it speaks to the quality of what they put together in that package that it's still all these years later, we're still seeing games come out in that style. As far as dragon quest five, the trouble I have with it, like you guys have already sort of explained is that in the wider RPG landscape, I don't necessarily know that dragon quest five has that same sort of impact, Right. I think that, like a lot of games that sort of stand the test of time, it's hard to find another game that does what Dragon Quest V does in terms of its story. That's, that's really what stuck with me. Mechanically, I've enjoyed other Dragon Quest games more. I liked six more, I, I, I liked four more. But story wise, with the character development, the way the characters are put together, the world in which the game lives, five stands to me as my favorite so far. And I think they did a, a really good job with it, Ozzy. <laughs> when you were saying, you know, what is Link? What is Link as a hero, right? <laughs> and I think a lot of media does that and a lot of video games do that, right? You get put in a world with a person who you have no idea, you know, what's going on. You're sort of just expected to accept, like, this is the good person. You control them. They are, you know, the forthright hero that goes forth and saves the world. Dragon Quest V is sort of like, takes you on that emotional roller coaster, right? Of like. We're not going to start you at the middle. We're going to start you at the beginning. You're going to work your way through all this turmoil, all this shit that's going to come through your life. And eventually you're going to come out the other side, really having an attachment to your character and really wanting to see them succeed, obviously. And I think that Dragon Quest V did that so much better than almost any other game I could think of. And I think that's a big reason why it is still embedded in the zeitgeist of Japan the way it is. Now, does that mean that it's sort of larger impact can be compared to something like Link to the Past? Personally, I don't think so, but I could see an argument being made that way. But for me, it's going to be Zelda.
2: Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Ashton, go for it. One of the only things that kind of came to mind that could possibly lean toward Dragon Quest Five. If you talk about remakes and remasters, I don't really have the you know numbers in front of me, but I think the remakes. Are more prevalent in the dragon quest V game because it had the playstation 2 version it, it has some kind of accolade like sony of japan called it the best playstation game yeah that, that's what it was that's what i'm thinking of yes you know the ds one that we finally got in america and i mean ozzy you downloaded the game on your phone the <laughs> other day for whatever reason uh they haven't done that the length of the past could be a bit of a sacred cow mentality or whatever so I don't know, that's just one thing that kind of crossed my mind. Like they are still trying to keep that game alive and fresh and available for the future generations to enjoy on current platforms. So you don't have to emulate or hope your Super Nintendo turns on. <laughs> but having said all that, <laughs> I think I'm still going <laughs> to give it to Zelda. Basically what everybody else has already said, you know, it's just real important. I think it's a slightly more important game. And again, it's hard not to be a and this isn't helpful to discussion but i really wish we had somebody who had grown up in japan to add to the discussion i've been thinking that since the last episode i was on this is silly but like i think it's the first one where you get the ocarina and then they base the whole game next game that came out on the ocarina and all it does is summon a little bird to take you around (laughs) they liked it so much so like this is going to be central everything
0: it also introduced the, the dual worlds, you know, yeah. the light world yeah. and the dark world, which, oh, yeah, became yeah. It, a con- which became a conceit, not just in Zelda, but in many other games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. In the case <laughs> of Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. <laughs> but yeah. So, so Ashton, what, uh, where, where are you going, man? Where, where, where are you leaning?
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm going Zelda. Yeah.
0: Going Zelda? Yeah. All yeah. right. Four. Four for Zelda. So, Zelda takes it. Probably give it to us. What, uh, what are your thoughts on this particular category?
3: You know, one of the questions that you kind of wrote on our notes here is, is the Zelda benefit from nostalgia in the manner in which is assessed in hindsight. In a lot of ways, I feel like that, that it actually, in some ways, the nostalgia harms it in hindsight because, Mm. uh, Nintendo was chasing the success and perfection of that link to the past formula for Mm -hmm. so long the people actually started to get tired of. it, And that was why they really, when they got to starting a little bit, you know, ironically enough with uh, a link between worlds, that was where they started to mix things up. Like, okay, let's come up with a framework for people to do things a little more non linearly. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, you know, really with breath of the wild, like let's just have no (laughs) real set structure or order to things although i have done things in like a link to the past where i like go into the dungeon get the item and leave yeah. go to the oh, next yeah, dungeon yeah, get the yeah. i've like done like the dungeons in like backwards order just <laughs> for the heck of it you can do those things yeah. L- later games i think locked it down a little more with like story events that you couldn't necessarily do yeah. those kinds of things but mm-hmm. you know I, there there have been many times for a long time i considered a link to the past to be my favorite game of all time but as Nintendo has driven that formula into the ground. (laughs) I kind of find myself sometimes favoring the Zelda games that did things a little more differently, like Majora's mask or breath of the wild. A lot of the times, like when I, these days when I think what is my favorite Zelda game? I often, I think Majora's mask and just part of that is because it is so different. But you've got games like Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent, uh, Wind Waker and Skyward Sword. And, yep. you know, of course, all of the handheld games uh, that, that really just follow that link to the past formula to the point where people start getting bored of it. And what's ironic is, you know, we're going against Dragon Quest five here. Dragon <laughs> Quest thrives Speaking of on its sameness, on its consistency, yeah. on its predictability. That's what makes Dragon Quest great, oh, yeah. is that you know what to expect going into it. It's comfort food. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Zelda doesn't benefit in the same way from the series doing the same thing again and again. Zelda. As a series, at least from a public perception, I think benefits from doing things differently by mixing it up. I, I mean, of course, there's always going to be the element of like, oh, this, this isn't what a Zelda game should be. You know, you, you know, it, it should be more like a link to the past. But that said, a link to the past is still amazing. Amazing to go back to and to play again. It it definitely established uh, what the genre could be and should be going forward. I mean, heck, if you look at relatively contemporary competing action, adv- overhead action adventures like uh, Newtopia and Newtopia 2* <laughs> on the turbo graphics, those games are very close to Zelda one. Like the mm-hmm. genre did not. It was advancing at a snail's pace. Yeah. Mostly drawing inspiration from Zelda one. And it was a link to the past that kind of really moved it forward. And uh, like you all mentioned, you know, other games started to kind of copy, copy, you know, a game that I haven't played a lot of. But like when you boot it up, like the aesthetic is there is like uh, Crusader of Sinti on the Genesis. Mm. Like you boot that up and you're like, oh, my gosh, this looks like a link to the past on The Genesis. And I I don't know if the game structure uh really adheres to it or not. Cause like I say, I haven't played a lot of it.
4: I just I'm just gonna interject real quick. We all nodded in an agreement of Crusader of Senti, which is a fifteen hundred dollar game. So (laughs) I got
3: the Japanese because it's a lot cheaper.
4: (laughs) 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 Yeah, we all love that game.
3: (laughs) You know, it definitely started to inspire games going forward. And someone said something about how Ocarina of Time is so heavily inspired by a link to the past. And I would say that I think Ocarina of time had a bigger impact on video games, Mm -hmm. especially with, uh, just kind of its control setup with the auto jump and targeting most, most especially the Z targeting. I mean, that is something that is still used today. I mean, that was, I, I don't know for sure if, Ocarina of time was absolutely the first game to do anything like that, but it was definitely the one that popularized. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. To this day, you see, you know, games like where I would say like demon souls, for instance, really mixed it up with like the, the R three button being your lock on and then moving <laughs> it. Like that was the first time I'd really seen it advanced in such a way. Uh, and nowadays people now the, the targeting system in most games is following demon souls. Yeah. Z targeting, obviously that wasn't something that, that a link to the past popularized, but (laughs) it influenced Ocarina of time so heavily. So it's, it's legacy kind of even has a a thread through games that developed completely different mechanics that also influenced games, Mm. but within the series itself, it followed this perfect formula almost to the point of stagnation or, or really to the point of stagnation. (laughs) As much as I love, you know, basically all of the Zelda games, it was, it, it was definitely sorely in need of a, of a mix up. Mm -hmm.
0: I guess you're going, you're going either way. Yeah,
3: I am going Zelda, but I mean, just, (laughs) you know, to kind of ruminate a little, just a little longer on Zelda or Dragon Quest five. You know, I actually feel like the series kind of had a little bit of a downturn after five, you know, six and seven are not they're like the black sheep. Yeah. They are not my favorites. I mean, six is, <laughs> is fine, but I like six. they're definitely lower on the list for me. You know, I, I feel like the series got mojo back with eight, which was, you know, much, yeah. much later. But yeah, I mean, like you all have said, giant quest five didn't really change anything. It didn't, it didn't change the trajectory of RPGs. Uh, the series does thrive on its consistency, but it didn't shake things up in a way that, really hung around other than just the fact that that one particular game is so beloved Mm -hmm. and it could have been, I mean, you know, games like fire emblem and, uh, you know, bioware games like dragon age and and mass effect, obviously like, you know, the whole like romancing (laughs) concept has become extremely popular in games today. Uh, did that start with dragon quest? (laughs) Maybe what were those games inspired by dragon quest five specifically? I don't know.
4: Fantasy Star Three did it first,
3: but still, it's it's got to be Zelda. Zelda had established such a an advancement of the the overhead action adventure genre.
0: All right, so that means that Zelda takes that criteria unanimously, which I don't think it's a huge shocker. No, but th- there you go. And so we go to the last criteria before we go to the final verdict. And this criteria, I think it's the one that that I love most because it really, to me, has the most impact, which is. Mm-hmm. Kind of ask which one of these games is aged better and, and, you know, which one at the end of the day we would rather play. So when thinking about this, you know, think about the audio, think about the graphics, think about the mechanics, the narrative. Which of these, you know, do you see as, as making you want to play this game more? I know it's very subjective, but I'm just trying to give it a little bit more of an objective tinge to this particular category. Chris is smiling. I don't know yeah. why. Think about the sound <laughs> samples, people. <laughs> so, so Chris, uh, yeah, let's let's start with you, man. Okay,
4: I, I don't think this is going to be a surprise again if you've been hearing my thoughts about the two games. Uh, but I do want to give Zelda its due uh, before I say Dragon Quest. But there is. <laughs> but look, in in terms of graphically, in terms of, uh, I'll say graphically. I'll stay. I'll I'll sit there. Uh, a link to the past. If you hold this up uh, to if you look at it today, if I told you it was made 30 years ago with all the games that have kind of gone back to the retro inspired look, it, I think a lot of people would be like, wow, really? Like this game looks like it's it could be one of those games that's retro inspired today. It's really well polished. It is a very, very good looking 16 bit game. Dragon Quest V is an up res Nintendo game. Uh, I know that's probably kind of the aesthetic they were going for, but graphically, it's it's very hard to digest if you're not really into that old RPG style. So in terms of graphics, yeah, uh, like Zelda takes it hands down in terms of mechanics, just just on paper mechanics, objective mechanics. Zelda can still play like a game that you would play today, like a two two D top down action game. Zelda plays really, really well. Even even though it's UI is a bit clunky uh, because, I mean, that's always that's always going to improve. They, that's just something that they probably only knew to do. They hadn't really advanced that too much. But if you're talking about moving Link around, attacking with Link, even though I don't like the combat, I, I'm not a big fan of the combat mechanics. I think that in general, this is a game that could be played today with no qualms from the modern video game player. Now, moving on to like, if you want to talk about sound, that's just a matter of preference. I think that I, I do prefer a link to the past soundtrack more as well. But when it comes down to what I would actually want to play today, I, I look at a game like Dragon Quest V, and I think this really comes down to the fact I'm just more of a JRPG guy, and I'll freely admit that. Mm-hmm. A game with Dragon Quest V that continuously evolves, that the environment shifts, the, the way that you are as a character. And I think Arnie brought up a fantastic point to, to build off who is Link. The hero in Dragon Quest V is a blank slate. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the game, the hero of Dragon Quest v, first of all, really isn't the hero, <laughs> but they are not a blank slate. They are a character, a character that your emotions, perspective and feelings are behind. You don't get that with a link to the past. I also look at the link to the past and there's a lot of back and forth and backtracking, especially for someone who hasn't played this game ad nauseum. So if you're getting into this for the first time, you know, Ashton was saying muscle memory. I think for a lot of these games, because we've played them so much over the past, that we go into a game. I, I've done this with Streets of Rage 2. I heard Shane kind of talk about this with Contra. And it's one of those games, if you've played it a lot, you get into it and you're like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Like, this is easy. But I think <laughs> where we detach ourselves is from people trying to play these games for the first time and how much they just don't understand it. I think Dragon Quest V is a lot more straightforward. And if you put that on top of the story, this is a game I'd rather go back to, even though I say, yeah, I just, the link to the past doesn't click with me. But if even I wanted to go back and give it a chance over Dragon Quest V, where I'm seeing a narrative that I can get behind, that will give me some sort of emotion, and it's a traditional RPG with monster collecting mechanics, collectathons, not like not to the odious amounts that like Banjo Kazooie does. I think they well, maybe not Banjo Kazooie. Donkey Kong sixty four. I'll say that one. (laughs) There we go. Uh, I I still would rather play Dragon Quest V than give a link to the past another shot, in spite of all of a link to the past just objective superiorities. And I, I'll just play there. I just think I would have more fun Dragon Quest V right now.
0: Got it. So that's the point in Dragon Quest V's favor. So, why? Where are you going on both of these?
3: Huh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to actually kind of go down this list of questions really quickly that you have here. Uh, you know, which game has the better narrative? I mean, that's obviously Dragon Quest V. I mean, Link to the Past's narrative is, is meant to serve the gameplay, but it's not, you know, really like a, a life. Altering story or anything, Yuji Hori is a storyteller. That's what he is. You know, he does he tells stories that are not necessarily groundbreaking or anything, but he tells them really, really well. And that's you know that's part of Dragon Quest's strength. Uh, which game has better audio? You know, the samples. You know, I, I never thought of anything before about like oh, just <laughs> Link to the Past have bad sound samples. I don't know. I'm so used to how that game sounds, <laughs> but. I think the compositions in a link to the past are stronger. I prefer those. I I'm I'm Sugiyama's stuff like all kind of blends together for me. I I like his stuff, but I, you know, if I heard a particular Dragon Quest track, I couldn't tell you which Dragon Quest it came from. But the the audio samples are indeed fantastic in Dragon Quest V. Uh, which game's graphics hold up the best? A link to the past does suffer a little bit from. Something that was, you know, obviously common in the eight and 16 bit era where you look at like a monster or something. You're like, what is this even supposed to be? (laughs) You know, it doesn't exactly look like the artwork. (laughs) But one thing that I do think is a strength to a link to the past is is to this day kind of unique. It established in Zelda this idea that. Virtually every NPC looks different. There's like no just like copy paste characters mm. in the town. Sometimes there's like twins or something like that. <laughs> like every NPC is unique. Uh, and that's something that's carried through the series for the most part.
2: Definitely not the case in Dragon Quest.
3: And of course, its use of color and everything is, is fantastic. Dragon Quest V, much more basic looking game, but fine enough. Uh, the mechanics, I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, how, you know, which mechanics have aged the best. I mean, Dragon Quest, the mechanics don't age. <laughs> unless unless you just started the kind of person that doesn't like turn based RPGs with random encounters, which is probably a lot of people.
0: Well, random encounters could be the the sore point there because yeah. those older
3: games did have a lot of random encounters. I don't mind it personally, but yeah, yeah me neither. A-, a Link to the Past is an action game. You know, it just it feels good to play. It feels very responsive. The the one mark might be as you 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 said before, uh, the UI. Uh, you know you can only equip one sub item at a time, you know mm-hmm. that was something that that was changed uh, in later entries, but which would I rather play when it comes down to it? The thing is, I've only played Dragon Quest V one time and it was on the ds and I kind of want to replay it on Super Famicom, and I have played <laughs> a link to the past so many times over the <laughs> years. I mean probably like I don't know ten times. I feel like I would. I would probably get more out of doing a replay of dragon quest five on the super Nintendo, like, you know, and which would be for the first time on the super Nintendo for me, than I would have replaying a link to the past yet another time. I do think a link to the past is the better game, but which would I rather play? I, you know, the older I've gotten, the more, I just want to just like, just lay back with like, Just a good old fashioned, simple RPG. And that's what Dragon Quest five is. So Mm -hmm. even though I do think Zelda is the better game, which would I rather play? I at this point in my life, I feel I would get more out of a replay of Dragon Quest five. So I'll I'll say Dragon Quest. Okay.
2: (laughs) All right. Ashton, what do you got? Yeah, the interesting thing is we never really established exact parameters for this. Um, So I think everybody (laughs) tends to interpret this question differently, which I like. I'm not going to go through all the questions necessarily, but I think the somewhat interesting thing is I actually chose of all the versions of Dragon Quest V, I went with the Super Famicom version because I liked that aesthetic and (laughs) style more so than the 3D versions, but that's more just a personal thing. Yeah, I've been trying to think this whole time while everyone was talking, and I have a similar thing to try where I played the Super Famicom version for this on emulator for the podcast. And so there are other versions that I would like to play of Dragon Quest V and I probably will play someday. But I also have played Legend of Zelda tons of times, not really full playthrough in a long time. Yesterday was probably the longest I've played it. So I guess I was having trouble deciding which direction I wanted to go. Is it between sitting down and playing each one as they were in 92 for an hour or so? Or is it I'm going to pick one of these and play through them the whole way? I think my just gut kind of feeling is I want to go with Zelda, but it's not uh, it's not a strong point in its favor. Uh, I think there was the nostalgia thing earlier for a different section, and that does it's really hard for me to turn that off for this game. It's just it it is that it's also a warm blanket for me, uh, a simpler time to me, like one of the best generations of video games, you know, the Super Nintendo, just the style, the sound. The gameplay everything about it so got it
1: arnie where will you go let's see these questions here uh zelda sounds better plays better looks better for sure (laughs) (laughs) that being said (laughs) the and as i've said before like the narrative in in dragon quest is is so good i i i enjoyed it a lot when i played it i definitely want to go back and and finish it and so for me looking at both of them I feel like I can get a similar experience to Link to the Past in a few different ways. I don't necessarily think I could find a, a narrative that does what Dragon Quest V does as well as it does it, especially in 92. So for me, it's, it's going to be Dragon Quest as far as which one I'd rather
0: play today. Interesting, interesting. So that means that Dragon Quest V has taken this criteria, but that leaves me, it's very interesting because I think this is where you really have to get down to which version of this game are you playing. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I've been playing the iOS version, which is based off the DS remake. Really, if I had to go back and play the Super Famicom version, one of the biggest criticisms of that game is that it really was kind of an uprest Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. It didn't really advance, you know, in term, technological terms, it didn't really advance the, the series as a whole. And I think that the, the Super Famicom version looks fine, but it, it's just when I really think apples to apples, Zelda just looks so much better compared to, to Dragon Quest. I do think the audio, the compositions of Zelda are much better better, I would say, in my view, than Koishi Sugiyama's output. I agree with Try, and I believe Chris in the past has said it as well. Sugiyama's style is very classical, and so it doesn't lend itself to very memorable tracks, in, at least in my opinion. I do love the soundtrack of Dragon Quest V, but it's not one that, like everyone has said, I would really call it memorable. But I think really what comes down to it as well is that narrative, to me, is such an important part of why I play games I'm, I'm more of a narrative focused guy myself I I think you know if I had to choose between narrative and gameplay I would go narrative most of the times so I mean of course you can't completely ignore the other one but narrative for me is really the the more important one and I know that's just very particular to me so all to say that I, I think these games both have their merits and I think when you put them part for part there are some things that one does better than the other. I do think, as Arnie said, graphics are better on on, on Link to the Past. Sound, you know, I think is better. I don't like the mechanics of <laughs> Zelda. I I find the mechanics to be kind of frustrating. I don't like the combat. I think that it's very inelegant. You know, with the sword swinging and the and the shield and so on and so forth. I think if you grew up with it, you you find it just that's just how Zelda plays. Mm-hmm. But you know as someone uh, that's an outsider to it i i just don't don't like it so i get much less enjoyment out of playing Zelda than i would get out of just playing dragon quest 5 and the fact that i've been playing dragon quest 5 on my spare time while i'm waiting in la guardia or i'm waiting you know for for you know something to happen you know it just goes to show that it's a game that i would still play in this day and age even if it was the super famicom version mm-hmm. if the super famicom version was the one that was there on iOS. I would still play that one, so I would give it to Dragon Quest V. That means that (laughs) we are 2-2 in terms of criteria. So when you look at it, Zelda took personal attachment, and that's not a surprise. Dragon Quest V interestingly took critical and commercial reception, Legacy was unanimously taken by Zelda, and then which would rather play Dragon Quest V 1-4-1. Let's go to the final verdict. As you guys know, this doesn't necessarily uh, mean that what, you know, we have said before is going to be completely determinative, but we try to stick to our positions. So with that said, Arnie, I haven't kicked off with you in terms of final verdict. (laughs) And I know that you're itching to get your your choice in there. So give it to us. Which one of these games should advance to the finals in The King of Games 1992? Dragon Quest V or Zelda: Link to the Past. I like going first. I can do whatever the fuck I
5: want and <laughs> that's
1: on y'all after this. So, obviously I got to I got to take a step back and really look at this, right? There's definitely things I like about both games. This is not an easy choice, which is why I'm currently stalling for time here. Mm. I think looking at it overall, Link to the Past has such a such a monumental legacy. It's it's crazy just thinking about like you know, how long it's been since it came out and how it's still very present in a lot of, you know, games that that we play in this style, both indie and obviously mainstream, if you're still paying attention with Link's Awakening coming out on Switch and all that stuff, right? Dragon Quest V is sort of a capsule onto itself. Like it's it's like Tri said, it, it, it has that tried and true Dragon Quest Sort of appeal, right? You know what you're getting when you boot up Dragon Quest V in terms of how it's gonna play, the mechanics, some of the story beats, I'm sure. But the narrative, and I hate I, I keep saying that word, right? And it's gonna lose meaning to me before long, but the narrative of the game is was such a surprise to me, especially as somebody who wasn't very well versed in Dragon Quest when I played it, right? Like I had played, I think I'd played six because I'd gotten that one on the DS first. Um, and I played four, I played nine, and I enjoyed all of them. I thought they were really good. And I went into five thinking, you know, I've heard really good things about this game. I want to see what the what the hype is about, right? And it, it does. It's a game that lives up, in my opinion, to all the love and the praise that it gets. Now, does that sort of, is that enough, in my opinion, to rank it above <laughs> A Link to the Past? Especially when we're thinking, like, in terms of 1992, right? This is the year that gave us so many great games and Link to the Past sort of still stands in that conversation for which one was the best, like which one was the best then, which one's the best now, right? Because it's, it was good then. I think it still holds up. All that to say that I feel like it's going to come down to me personally, just to which one I have a little bit more of an affinity towards in terms of what I enjoy in games right? All of this being couched in hindsight, you know, nostalgia, whatnot. For me as a gamer, I'm looking for a a well-rounded experience. And even though Zelda delivers most of that package superlatively well, Dragon Quest V has the most important ingredient for me, which is that story. It is that narrative. And so Dragon Quest V is going to be my vote.
0: I'm just looking at Chris's face right now and and i'm just thinking glee in chris's face because i don't think he was expecting yeah, this <laughs> no that was very well delivered first pick magic baby here we go let's try to keep it you know let's try to keep it suspenseful try <laughs> where do you go man
3: i mean i got to say as as kind of the underdog game for you know what has been a you know a, a panel of you know non japanese uh I it, it makes me it makes me very happy to like see how far Dragon Quest 5 has has uh gone in this contest. I mean, like I said, I would have gone for Final Fantasy 5 if I were in the podcast where mm-hmm. uh Dragon Quest 5 and Final Fantasy 5 were pitted against each other, mm-hmm. but it, it, at the same time it just like it, it just it just warms my heart to see, you know, just just good old wholesome <laughs> Dragon quests getting this far. And even within the context of this particular podcast, Dragon Quest has done so well against a juggernaut like Zelda. I mean, that's just, that's fantastic. But that said, even though, you know, I said, which would I rather play today? I I went with Dragon Quest, but that's mostly only because I've played Zelda so, (laughs) so, Mm. so many times. And it is so good. And I I cannot ignore, you know, the point I gave it for personal attachment. Mm-hmm. It it just cannot be understated how foundational it was in my gaming taste today. It was uh the gateway that got me into you know these more involved expansive adventures. It it started to lay the seeds of me eventually getting into RPGs and things like that. It had such a huge impact on me personally. And I know that it had an impact on the, on the industry uh, as well. And it has, has such a legacy. So it's, it's gotta be Zelda. You know, I, 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 I'm giving dragon quest five, a huge (laughs) pat on the back. It, it, it went so far. It did so well. And I respect that, but, but my answer is Zelda.
0: All right. So that's one, one Ashton, what do you have? Make your decision, pick your final choice.
2: Sure thing. Um, I think something that at least I haven't said, but I thought at some point was that both of these games for me get by on an under talked about element, I think in gamings, or maybe there's different words for it. Maybe it's that warm blanket thing we keep saying. But the word I kind of like to use is charm. Like both these games, I think, have a ton of charm. And while, um, you know, that word could make it sound like silly or childish or whatever, it's just whatever that attractive, enjoyable experience that something has that makes you want to go back to it or makes you want to experience it again and again. Uh, I think that's this is like the battle of two, in my opinion, very charming games. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, we all try to kind of View these games very objectively and consider both if there's any nostalgic atal- attachment, think of that, and then where is it today? I think that sometimes I can't prove this or anything, but sometimes maybe people have opinions just for a hot take for entertainment <laughs> purposes. But it is a podcast, so we want to entertain, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, anyway, I think that I think that The Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past does deserve a lot of the sort of given things or like yeah 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 everybody likes that game or yeah yeah it's the best <laughs> game of all time i i think there's games that people talk about that and they like but they can't hold it up like they can't make that argument as strongly as they can for legend of zelda
5: mm.
2: i think for me personally i would probably maybe i shouldn't say this and save this for the last episode but <laughs> i would probably of the three of the four categories that we discuss uh one being the one that i don't weigh very heavily i would probably give that to Legend of Zelda Link to the Past over any other game that's been in the tournament. Mm. I'm almost certain I ranked it number one. I don't know if we're supposed to reveal that information, but <laughs> it, it was number one for me. Yeah. Even though I did like Dragon Quest and agree with Try. That I was happy with the results of the, the last episode I was on where I sort of gave my vote to Final Fantasy V, but I did believe that Dragon Quest deserved to move on. But anyway, sorry, Dragon Quest V. Jumping ship <laughs> for uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past.
0: All right, so Zelda takes the lead now. So, Chris, I'm going to go with you because, like I said before, I want to be convinced.
2: Oh, Ozzy, you're so nice, man. How did you do this to yourself? I want to be convinced. <laughs> so, so, Chris, give it to us.
4: Obviously, these are two games that a lot of people love. And growing up where I grew up, you would, you know, you would look at The Legend of Zelda as this game that's just sort of unanimously admired and loved and the best game of all time. And then you look over to Japan and they feel the same way about Dragon Quest V. And I I can't discount the Japanese experience much like you can't discount the American experience. I have my own misgivings about A Link to the Past just because it doesn't click with me. And that's fine. You know, a game can be good. A game can be great. Even if you don't love it. And Dragon Quest V is a game that is right in my wheelhouse. I, I love JRPGs. So I have to put those aside. And try to you know, part through my own biases and what game do I think should advance? And one of the things that really stuck out to me in a lot of these episodes with Zelda or talking to people about Zelda, and I'm happy that, you know, Try and Ashton are, are here to kind of speak more to why they love A Link to the Past. Uh, because historically, when you ask people something that Ashton brought up, you know, why is The Link to the Past so great? And they're like, it's Zelda. And I've heard a lot of that in these episodes that we've done for this podcast for the King of Games 1992. Shane said it and Josh said it and, you know, Cade said something. He's all over the place, so he may have (laughs) said it. But a lot of the things that that you hear is, "Uh, yeah, I I don't I don't really care about a, a link to the past as as much as a lot of people would think it does. But it's a great game. It's a great game. I mean, I personally don't like it, but a lot of other people do. I know a lot of other people do. It wouldn't get the reverence it would if a lot of other people didn't like it. But I keep hearing this over and over and over again that, uh, yeah, you know, after you get to the dark world, it kind of drags and it overstays its welcome in a lot of aspects. And I don't like running back and forth all the time to get to different locations and warping in and out. And that that just kind of gets in the way. And but, you know, it's it's Zelda. So I'm like, okay, what's what's the argument for Dragon Quest V? And everyone who's played Dragon Quest V this tournament has come out saying i like this game i want to play more dragon quest games i enjoy this game so when i look at a game like the legend of zelda linked to the past it's our number one seed and i go back to the the king of games 2000 and even though like i again i didn't care for tony hawk's pro skater 2 but every single time we were on an episode people would speak about that game enthusiastically. They would talk about how much they loved that game. They would talk about how much they wanted to go back and pull off the combos that they missed it, that they, they, they sat in their house. They remember hanging around other people. And then you look at other games and they just couldn't compare to it. And the way that people talk about a link to the past is like the way that people talked about the Sims. I hate this game, but you got to acknowledge what, you know, <laughs> it did for everybody. And it's like, well, we don't like this game. Why are we voting for it? And it, it kind of comes down to if people play another game and people like that game today. And I understand probably for a lot of people is this introduction. The other one is not introduction is kind of embedded within, you know, our, our own gaming culture. But when you get introduced to a game and it's not as good as another game, the reaction should be, yeah, it's OK, but I don't care for it. But that's not the reaction we've gotten. I think Keith Keith from the main quest has has posted in our discord for King of Games how Dragon Quest five has become one of his favorite games of all time. And he's never played that before. So when you see these reactions, these and they're all anecdotal and I can't speak to everybody, but only for the small sample size that we have, I I have to choose Dragon Quest five just because it's carrying on and it's making an impact today, which is something we open this episode with. What is a game that can make an impact on you moving forward? And if it can do that today, presently, then what really is the better game? And for me, that's why I'm saying Dragon Quest V, I know a lot of people are gonna blow up, but you know what? I'm
2: fine with that. <laughs> yeah, no one's surprised. I All don't right. think Chris. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well put though.
0: So now I take Arnie's role in prior episodes hey. of having the one to be that breaks the tie. And Keith's
3: an unenviable position here. Yeah. Completely unenviable. <laughs> I'm but edge like my I said at the
0: top of the episode, I wanted to be convinced of why I should vote one way or the other. And I try to look at this as objectively as possible. And look, at the end of the day, even as subjective as we can be, we're still gonna be subjective because we're experiencing something and whatever emotions we get out of it are based on our memories, or based on our time and place, so on and so forth. So I know that you can be truly objective, but I have tried to see you know, what it is that I, Put into this this final verdict category and what do i value and for me i i put a lot of weight into what is the most complete you know package that would endure over generations down the line and if i were to give this to someone that is not well versed in gaming um and does not have that kind of historical memory what would they think of it And I think Zelda, for a long time, has been so impactful, has been so critical in in the development of the medium as a whole, and it has had so many rules that have kind of carried over into games that the legacy of it has kind of really shadowed, you know, the game itself. And the fact that Zelda is now seen as this kind of blob that is just generally revered. Um, I think really, in a way, helps it. I also think, you know, yes, there's a lot of nostalgia for it. And when I was coming into this, I was wondering, you know, is the backlash to that nostalgia hurting Link to the Past? Is it that I'm looking at this in a very critical way and not seeing this game for its merits? Mm. But when I look at it, I think, would I have a fun time playing this game? And if I were to give this to Ashton's six year old kid, would he enjoy playing this game? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I, I have a hard time thinking so. I have a hard time you know, feeling like this is a game that's gonna endure 10 years down the line. As Tri said, the gameplay and mechanics of Dragon Quest are timeless. They really don't age. Like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm using all the arguments that you guys have given me to come up with a decision. And when I look at it compared, you know, pound for pound against the other, I think Zelda is really ahead in a lot of ways. You know, I think the graphics look better. I think the sound compositions are better. But if I were to look at an RPG and if I were to say, give someone an RPG and tell this person what an RPG is about, you know, you could go Final Fantasy in some cases, you could go with other types of games. But after playing Dragon Quest V, I think this is really the definitive RPG experience. I think you could give this to anyone, and they would enjoy it, notwithstanding the fact that it's a 30-year-old game at this point. And the narrative, like already said, is so strong that I think it could make an impact. This game, what it's blown me most out of the water is the fact that it really does feel like an intergenerational tale. And it really does establish, you know, connections that last a lifetime. And it goes to dark places that you wouldn't expect going. It has the perfect marriage between gameplay and narrative. The fact that you start out being weak and it's your father that's protecting you because, you know, just the the fact that he's higher level, it portrays and it conveys a narrative that Mm. this is your father protecting you. And eventually your father gets beaten down. He gets struck down. And you have to carry his mantle. You then take up his sword. And then it has that massive twist at the end. Which spoilers ahead. Stop now if you haven't played Dragon Quest V. And you want to not be spoiled. (laughs) You're not the hero. Someone else is the hero. And the hero is your kid. But your kid is the hero. Not because of you. But because of the wife that you married. She's the one that's heavenly. She's the one that... Give, gave him that lineage. That to me is so impactful. Where I think that if you were to play this game nowadays, I still think that you would enjoy it in every way. And I think that's going to still happen 20 years down the line. I think contemporaneously, Dragon Quest V suffers because people were expecting something else. But that kind of, let's just say, outdated manner in which it presented itself at the time has made it timeless in its own way, years after. So I have to go Dragon Quest V. So, that's the final verdict. Wow.
3: (laughs) What an upset! <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> Once again a Zelda game fails to capture the crown at a King of Games tournament.
0: <laughs> this is becoming a tradition
1: at
5: this point. But hey,
3: you know, I I got to say, I I may have voted Zelda but I I'm not unhappy with this. I mean, this is, you know, this is seeing an underdog uh, you know, rise up the ranks and uh and, and deservedly so. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, I think what Chris was saying was so important about how you have heard again and again and again and again about how people try Dragon Quest V and they are like, yes, this, I, I really like this. And what you said, Ozzy, about how you could just give someone this to someone and say, this is what a JRPG is. It, it, even though it is personally kind of in the middle of my favorite Dragon Quest. I do think it would come highly recommended as, you know, an answer to what should be the first Dragon Quest that I play. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah.
3: It's it's such a wonderful introduction to the the series and genre as a whole. Yeah.
4: Chris, (laughs) any thoughts? I'm just saying I came out of the bullpen for this morning and I can almost guarantee you if I wasn't here, Zelda would be advancing just to show you how razor close this all has been.
0: Well, it's a similar situation as we had with Final Fantasy V. I mean, really, the the composition, you know, matters a lot, but I can honestly say I came into this not knowing how I was going to go. I really was swayed by the arguments that were made and and i made that final decision based upon everything that was said before so anyone else have any thoughts on this final verdict i mean this uh this is a shocking upset um three <laughs> two it's uh another down to the wire uh matchup so anything else we want to say before we bid Zelda goodbye I uh, we still it's still in the running for third place so there is that yeah, yeah. Let's see who it goes <laughs> up against. I'm sorry, <laughs> but, uh, as Arnie said, another year that Zelda fails <laughs> to advance in the King of Oof. Games. Ninety eight, two thousand, and ninety two. I mean, the next best shot is going to have to be twenty seventeen. <laughs> <So. laughs>
4: Ooh, you're you're not giving Wind Waker enough credit.
0: Uh, mm. I, I, yes, I, I am giving it its proper due. <laughs> Anyways,
2: <laughs> oh, it feels like one of those cry the whole way to the bank situations you know (laughs) (laughs) like they're doing all right
0: all right so let's close it out uh Zelda, that was a good showing i mean i'm i'm pretty stunned even though i i was the tiebreaker (laughs) but yeah, i I am kind of surprised uh but try anything you want to plug where can we find you um we all know you but you know might as well what's what's going on buddy tell us uh Tell us where
3: we can find you. Uh, Yeah, I am one half of the team at the My Life in Gaming YouTube channel Uh, where, you know, we're we're most well known for like RGB video and video scaling and uh, other tech related videos. But I mean, we do all sorts of uh, video game stuff on there, primarily with a retro tinge, but not always. Uh, And we stream uh, on YouTube uh, every Sunday night as well. Uh, We're on, on Twitter at my life in gaming and uh we uh you know we've we've also started collaborating uh, uh quite a bit with uh, digital foundry particularly uh assisting john with the uh, john lenderman with the production of the df retro episodes so uh look for us there as well all right arnie where can we find you buddy
1: uh you don't need to find me anywhere but i want to plug yeah. <laughs> i want to plug screamo <laughs> link uh you know pop punk link he's my favorite link with his beautiful pink hair you know, you can find me on Discord
0: at the uh, Retro Hangover Podcast Discord. That's about it. Awesome, awesome. Or you can yeah. find him somewhere in Rhode Island yeah. trying to haggle for a good deal. That's so. right. Becoming the modern H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. There you go. I like it. On my end, I mean, you can find me at Shadow of the Collector. Um, That's with periods in between. That's kind of where I hang out. But I also hang out at Retro Hangover Podcast. I'm, I'm there. I've actually, with Ashton, been bestowed with the honor of choosing... The Game of the Month for the Retro Hangover Review Crew, which is a game that we play in the month. Voting is now underway. Seems like Demon's Crest has an edge, but let's see. It's a, it's a spooky-themed October Game of the Month selection, so it's going up against Condemned, it's going up against Sweet Home, going up against The Thing, and going up against The Fear, which I don't know how I would play if I had to play it, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, definitely. I'm always there, kind of showing up, and every once in a while, Chris invites me to uh, do things like this, which uh, I'm appreciative of. So, uh,
2: Ashton, where can we find you? Uh, Nothing really to plug. Make sure you check out all the podcasts that are part of King of Games, because they're all really good. And you can find us, probably all of us, in the Retro Hangover Discord, but uh, I'm getting lost in the Discords too many now.
0: Well, Chris, <laughs> uh since you're the, the last one and since you are the brain child, you're the the master of this podcast, you wanna close it out? Yeah, sure. First of all, thank you very much, Try, for showing up today. I
4: know it was kinda hectic to get everyone together for this episode, especially when you have a major effort like this with a lot of people on a a lot of different locations bringing five people together and i appreciate you being as flexible as you have been thank you very much and
3: oh no no problem
4: this is uh the the semis are the the last series of episodes and where we bring guests outside of the rfg rhp group of people so to speak because the next episode uh, is actually going to have four people that were here today out of the five people that would be on the panel so there is that thank you to all our guests so far this has been a this has been a lot of fun, a little bit of stress, but good stress. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed every single one of your takes and every single one of your opinions. I'll, I'll list all the podcasts and YouTube channels that are uh, joining us in the next episode. But just make sure if if go back through all our episodes, anyone's you ever plugged anything, go check them out. They've been fantastic to work with. They've been extremely easy to work with. And this has been a fantastic opportunity uh, for myself and hopefully for everyone involved. I've had a great time. And I know I'm not on the final. It Sounds like a final episode. And I'll say it again next time because I genuinely believe that. But if you found us, yeah, hi, welcome to the Retro Hangover podcast. Uh, it's a little weird if this is the first episode you've been listening to. If in the King of Games '92, so hopefully by this time you're pretty well versed and you know you can find us at linktree slash retro hangover. That's E slash retro hangover. And just in case you're still not aware, you can find us at twitch.tv slash retro hangover and follow us. We normally stream at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So. Go check out My Life in Gaming because they start at eight on YouTube. And if you really like what they're doing, you can stick with them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, or you can have us on both two screens at the same time. And uh, so, you know, follow us both. And if we're playing a crappy game, go back over to them because they always have a good discussion <laughs> and a good game playing. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. And that's all I
2: got. Back to you, Ozzy. Thanks for hosting, Ozzy.
0: Thank you so much. This has been a, a really fun episode. We're going to still have a few more episodes to go. We have the Honorable Mentions episode, which I'm going to be hosting because I felt like a bunch of games were left out that really deserved a little bit more love so look forward to that and like Chris alluded to we also have the third place competition to see which one gets a podium finish out of all those games in 1992 so maybe maybe that's held this consolation prize besides being one of the best-selling franchises of all time (laughs) that's all thank you so much guys see you next time it's been so fun and uh let's carry it on
4: Hitting stop.
3: Right. I, I, I don't know why I'm waving when it's not a video podcast.
1: <laughs> I, always, I always do the same thing.